It's Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. House committee subpoenas top IRS, FBI officials, and Hunter Biden tax probe. Trump is counter-programming Fox News and the entire GOP tonight with Tucker Carlson. And we have some big news for you on that. We have little birdies that are telling us some very interesting things about what's going to go on. And also, we have Tucker Carlson's official biographer on the show. The man with all the answers about what Tucker's going to do next, what's going to happen tonight with Trump. Boy, we're going to preview it all for you. Chadwick Moore is his name, and he's the author of Tucker, a biography. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Tonight, baby, tonight. We're going to show you exactly what we are building here. We're so excited about what's going to happen tonight. We're going to preview it for you right now. And, of course, we're going to be welcoming onto the show some people who know exactly what's up. There is a massive, massive play right now to try and keep some type of relevance inside of the corporate catch-and-kill style GOP media ecosystem. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is there are large corporations that hate you, that don't like you, that don't want you to have a voice, don't want you to have media, don't want you to have the capacity to choose your candidates. And they try and frame the debate. They try and corrupt the debate. But it's so important to remember how this all started, this Fox News versus Trump. It all started with the debate question from Megyn Kelly starting off the first debate in Cleveland, Ohio. How do I remember this so crisp? Because I was like two feet away. I was standing literally under the stage with Donald Trump answering his first question at the first debate held by Fox News in Cleveland, Ohio in a massive sports arena where I think the Cleveland Cavaliers, the NBA team play. And Donald Trump was asked the first question. He was center stage. He was only polling at like 8% at the time, by the way. Everyone thought that Donald Trump, this was a joke. They thought it was a fraud. They thought it was was unreal. And Donald Trump answers his first question for Megyn Kelly and changes politics forever. Watch. One of the things people love about you is you speak your mind and you don't use a politician's filter. However, that is not without its downsides, in particular when it comes to women. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account? Only Rosie O'Donnell. No, it wasn't. Your Twitter account? Thank you. (laughs) Come on, baby. Come on. You love Trump? You hate Trump? I don't care. You'll never get another one like him. You'll never get another one like him. And in that moment, the curtain was ripped, right? The, the, the separation was ripped. The, 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 the anchors had all the power. The anchors had all the power and the corporations had all the power. And I was standing under the stage. And the only reason I bring that back up is not to say that I, I was anything important or that I, like, like, it was just, there's something that you can't, there's, a, there's words that cannot encapsulate the power of that moment and the deafening roar of the audience. You know, they have these big uh, sound tables in the back where they can actually lower the amount of cheering. And it was like an ear-piercing roar when Donald Trump said, only Rosie O'Donnell. Like, you couldn't hear anything else. You couldn't hear Megyn Kelly. The rafters were shaking. The lights were shaking. The electricity flickered. I mean, it really was something. It was like a historic moment. And so Donald Trump is doing that again tonight. Donald Trump's doing that again tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump is going to change debates forever by going to Tucker Carlson and doing a counter-programming to a debate in Milwaukee. We, as the Benny Brigade, will be on live starting at around 8.30. The debate's at 9 o'clock. We're going to be on live, and we're going to be covering both. How are we going to do that? You're going to have to wait and see. We're going to be covering both. Now, little birdies inside of Tucker Carlson's team uh, have been told, telling us what's going to happen. And i got to tell you, we're gonna, the main event for us is going to be Trump and Tucker. 
but we're going to be monitoring both at the same time. And so it'll be a really great uh, and, and we won't miss any of the news. We'll have our entire producing team on. We have an incredible slate of guests that will be joining us tonight. And so a preview for what's to come. We'll be going live around 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The debate's at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Milwaukee. And we're going to have both. Donald Trump is, uh, Donald Trump is, uh, do we have Trump's truth saying man sparks are going to fly here on the debate tonight? Uh, Donald Trump is tossed up on truth. Hey, watch me and Tucker Carlson tonight. This is Donald Trump counter-programming, just like he did in the first debate he ever had with Megyn Kelly, only Rosie O'Donnell. Watch, sparks will fly, Donald Trump says. So we're going to be covering both. And more importantly, you're not going to miss anything because we're going to have our whole producing team on. We're going to have everyone ready to go. We're going to have special guests joining. It's going to be awesome. And Donald Trump has also shared a little bit of a troll at Fox News. Now, of course, joining with Tucker Carlson to do counter-programming to Fox, that's troll enough. But Donald Trump has posted a advertisement for Fox News uh, promoing their debate. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not exactly sure if this is a parody or not. You can, you can barely tell these days. I'll let you watch and decide. Even though President Trump is kicking everyone's ass in the primary polls, we're still trying to set him up with our bullshit Republican primary debate. I mean, maybe he'll show up. And we're just hoping everyone takes shots at him so we can help Ron DeSantis. Because we're Fox News. And we suck. And we don't really give a shit. About our viewers' opinion. We only care about getting a big, fat paycheck. And about not getting fired like Tucker Carlson. First Republican primary debate by Martha McCallum and Brett Bayer. Because we're Fox News and we suck. Okay, okay, you're all going to be like, Benny, but you use Fox News clips during your show. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is what we do. We, we're we the referees here, all right? Like, we're the referees here. We're going sh- to tell it like it is. I'll never forgive Fox News for doing Tucker dirty like they did. You guys know I worked for Tucker. You guys know that I'm, like, I, I love that man, all right? Um, I'm not his biographer. We're going to have his biographer joining the show. But I love Tucker Carlson. And I... I deeply appreciate the populist moment that Tucker Carlson brought to Fox and by Fox firing him in the dark of night, not even giving him a chance. Think about this. They didn't even give him a chance to like say goodbye to his audience. Like what an insult to you. What an insult to me. I watched religiously every single night. Maybe you did too. I hope you did. And 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 so Tucker Carlson, like doing that to Tucker and doing that to us was an insult to the audience, which, you're not, which you cannot do. And then Bongino, obviously, they, they, you know, they, they parted ways with Bongino at the same time. They sort of cleared out and cleaned out all the populists. And so I'm not going to forgive Fox for that. I'm not. I won't. I won't. There are still good people that work at Fox. I like Jesse Waters. You know, they're still good people. We're just going to call balls and strikes. We're going to chop wood. And so I think that, I think that, that advertisement is, is hilarious. Tonight, you're going to see something incredible uh, that we're going to put together for you. And we want to thank the Benny Brigade. Before we jump into all the debate news here, we just want to thank the Benny Brigade. Uh, The Benny Brigade has been growing like crazy. It's you who support us in making this content and putting this content together. I just want to remind you, if you go to BennyJohnson.com and you click on the Brigade logo, BennyJohnson.com slash Brigade. If you sign up for one year, you get one month free and you get the Benny Brigade official keychain with the salty salt shaker on the tank. That's our logo. Bam, right there. This is made by veterans, supporting veterans, shipped out to you by veterans. American made. Okay, so it's made by uh, a Patriot, Golden Age Supply, and uh, we're going to have some behind-the-scenes stuff. It's very cool. We are supporting American companies. We are supporting America. Very easy to get one of these from China for two cents. Nope. No, no, no. High-quality American leather, high-quality American craftsmanship, and supporting veteran-owned businesses. Come on, baby. That's what we're doing here at the Brigade. So when you hop on and you support us directly, well, I mean, we just say thank you. We just love you. And we're going to deliver one heck of a show uh, for you tonight. And so please join us. Okay, so let's preview this debate. Trump surrogates say that the Republican primary is over. And that now this is a debate of who can be Donald Trump's vice president. Do you agree with that? I mean, listen, guys, I have polling. I have some crazy polling that shows yesterday, dude, like Donald, I mean, Donald Trump, not only like walking away with it in the Republican primary, uh, Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden by five points. 
yesterday in a 538 poll. That's crazy, man. 538 poll and Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden. Beating Joe Biden. Crazy stuff. Guys, I mean, what are you doing now? What are you doing? Now, there's a really interesting subtab of that poll that says that independents, people with no political affiliation, Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden by 16 points. Because, yo, like the people who are just like going to work and not really particularly partisan, they're like, was it better five years ago? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I could afford a house. I could afford food. And so those people, Donald Trump is walking away with it. So the Republican Party is going to spend a billion dollars going after their best candidate. Don't make no sense to me. But hey, that's just me. There's a uh, there's something funny about this. There's something funny about this uh, graphic. So if you go back to this article, uh, the graphic is being uh, the graphic that's being produced by the Trump surrogates. They say that the primary is over. Who would you like to see in the vice presidential debate? <laughs> Expect lots of trolling. Uh, in that image, there's a fly on Mike Pence's head. Uh, but would you like to see Vivek? Would you like to see any of these people on screen? Like, would you like to see any of them as Donald Trump's vice president? You want to see someone else? You want to see Tucker Carlson? There's Mike Pence. <laughs> there's a little fly on there. Not sure you can see it. Hey, we do a little trolling. That's what they say. We do a little trolling. So. Who is ready for tonight? The 2024 presidential race, a look at the candidates that made the cut for the first Republican debate. Who will be on stage? Well, Donald Trump, of course, was welcome, but Donald Trump said, no, no, no. I'm not going to sit there and let you, essentially. What it would be is it would be like a giant Trump bashing fest, and that's what they want. They want to bring Donald Trump in so that Mike Pence can have his Mike Pence, Mike Penciest Pence moment and be like, you this and you that. And everyone can attack Trump. Because you actually do have a couple of members of Trump's administration here. So you have Donald Trump in, Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Vivek, Mike Pence, Doug Burgum, who is the governor of North Dakota, Asa Hutchison, Chris Christie. Uh, people who didn't make the cut, Larry Elder, and a bunch of like a, a bunch of guys who, I, I don't know, like it looks like the, a banking convention. I, I don't know. <laughs> goofball Will Hurd. Like the CIA has stopped like trying to, the C Will Hurd is a CIA agent. They've The CIA has effectively stopped trying to uh, like rig our elections and now they're just straight up running CIA agents for president. <laughs> Will Hurd is such a joke. So yeah, so this is what the, the debate stage is going to look like. Um, I like expect everyone to go after Ron DeSantis then because then Ron DeSantis is the big and by most polling, Ron DeSantis is in the number two spot so they're going to go after Ron DeSantis. Expect Vivek or Tim Scott to look for their breakout moments. The breakout moments is going to come, obviously, with Vivek, who's like, I know that guy pretty well. He he and I had done some work together. Uh, this He's a good, he's a great, great debater. Uh, Vivek Ronswamy has been warming up for this. He's posting, like, workout photos, uh, workout photos and videos with his wife. Um, and I think he's ready to go. Now, people who will not be ready to go are going to be the Trump surrogates. So the GOP has banned Trump surrogates. GOP has banned Trump surrogates from attending the debate. So this is pretty interesting. Uh, because Donald Trump won't be there, then Trump surrogates won't be able to go through the green room or the, the you know, the rumble room uh, effectively. Uh, so that's the room where everyone goes and the media goes there to like, ask questions of the candidates and their surrogates after the debate, uh, Donald Trump is banned. So Kim Guilfoyle and Don Jr. will be up there, obviously massive social media personalities, obviously massive media personalities. Uh, they won't be allowed in. Kim Guilfoyle saying, you're going to have to stop me. Ooh, baby, expect the fireworks. Expect that sizzle tonight. Kim Guilfoyle vows that she and Donald Trump Jr., will be at the Republican debate, even though the RNC has banned them from going in. So we are going to have people at the debate. Again, thank you for supporting the betting brigade. Thank you for supporting the betting brigade. Not only do we do philanthropic work, like we talked about yesterday, where we helped find the lid that sent a, set a Trump sign on fire, and we gave a $5,000 reward to the person who found the lid. That, that's you. You and I found that lid together in Raleigh, North Carolina, and he cried when he was arrested. Not only can we do philanthropic work together, uh, we have people now on the ground that will be delivering direct news content for you and me. It's great. 
So we're going to have somebody from our staff, Jamie Mitchell. She happens to live in Milwaukee. She's going to be there uh, at the debate, full access pass, and she's going to be bringing us the sights and sounds and all the behind the scenes. So if Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle throw down, right, throw down and get in a fight with security or whatever, chances are our team, the brigade, is going to have someone right there filming it, and we'll have the footage first. It's going to be awesome tonight. Really, really excited about it. Donald Trump is going to be on with Tucker Carlson, okay? So Donald Trump is going to be, there's going to be an interview. This was a pre-taped interview, uh, but we're going to run it live because we're going to be watching it live with you, right? So we're going to run it live, and it's, and so we're going to have both both screens going, and we're going to be breaking in with news. We're going to sort of be like, like being bringing the breaking news in from the debate, but really like we're going to have Tucker and Trump as the main event because that's what people really want to see because Donald Trump's doing 60% in the poll. Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson are going to have one heck of a conversation tonight. It's going to be very, very interesting. We've gotten some previews on it. We're really, really excited about it. And then tomorrow, Donald Trump is going to be booked in the Fulton County Jail. Trump says that he will proudly be arrested tomorrow in Georgia on election fraud cases. The ex-president's imminent surrender is poised to overshadow the first GOP debate. So this is where we're going to be tomorrow. Tomorrow, Donald Trump is going to be getting a mugshot. Now, they've been leaking out some of these mugshots. Rudy Giuliani is surrendering today. You got to surrender. You got to get booked. And then they give you a summons date. And so Donald Trump is going to be getting a mugshot tomorrow in Fulton County. It's, it's like, like, thanks. Thanks for the extra, like, 20 points in the polls. I mean, it's incredible. So, so like, there are pol- there's polling out now showing that Donald Trump is, like, from leftists, leftist pollsters saying that Donald Trump is, like, doing commanding, commanding numbers over Joe Biden. Over Joe. Not just in the Republican primary debate. Like, so, I mean, I guess keep arresting the guy. Of course, any like every lawyer, even the governor of Georgia is like none of the none of these trials are going to even happen before the 2024 election. So what are you going to do? Guy's going to become president and just pardon himself. Does Donald Trump have a pocket pardon that he signed? Hmm. Interesting. Some little birdie's been telling us that. that maybe Donald Trump has a pocket pardon and all this stuff is just trash anyway. We'll see. Something that's not trash is the ad that Donald Trump released uh, in the moments after this indictment was announced in Georgia. The ad that Donald Trump released uh, was extremely powerful. Uh, we, we, we highlighted it, but it was it's worth highlighting one more time. This is the messaging uh, to blow through this primary process as clearly the data is showing Donald Trump is doing right now. Watch. The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight. There are many to serve when the victory is near and few other hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle for law. It is the way you hold out against odds that are great that proves what your courage is worth. It is the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory is nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin. Unless it is a proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win. So we'll see. We'll see what's up. We'll see what's up tonight. It's exciting. I will let you know we haven't been given any type of, even though we've asked, we haven't been given the interview or anything like we will like so it's up to us to like for you it's up to so we've been going to tucker's team being like hey can you give us can you give us a uh you know a sneak peek and everything like that it's we're going to be watching it fresh with you we're gonna be watching it fresh with you at the same time as the debate the debate starts at 9 p.m so there we go that's how it's gonna work we wanted an embargoed copy right <laughs> we're, we're trying we're it's our it's our obligation to make sure that you are it's our obligation to make sure that you are the uh, that we are the most prepared for these lives. And so here we go. Here's the polling, ladies and gentlemen, that's showing that Donald Trump, the leftist polling, showing that Trump is beating, beating Joe Biden by five points. Look at that. New national poll. Now, where is this from? Is this from bennypolling.org? 
uh, where I just pulled my relatives. No, man, this is from 538. This is from like the the libs who like have a 20 point advantage built into Joe Biden for every poll. Whoa. We did an entire show yesterday on how utterly unpopular Joe Biden is all around the globe, but also in Hawaii, how Joe Biden was flipped off by people in Hawaii, a state that hasn't voted for a Republican in my lifetime. I'm 37. And here comes, you know, here comes like, here comes Donald Trump saying, yo, Hawaii, vote for me. And I'm I'm, t- I'm telling you, man, watching the videos that were coming out of Hawaii yesterday, I think that Hawaii may vote for Donald Trump. In uh, That's my, my I, I'm not a pollster. My prediction is that Hawaii may go Trump in 2024. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are sad that we're not going to get moments, some of our favorite moments of Donald Trump. Uh, we're at the debates. Obviously, the debates with Hillary Clinton were things of legend, but Donald Trump clearing out the establishment Republicans, really, really impressive stuff in 2016. Uh, we're going to end our debate segment of today's show, but we're going to cap it off with our possibly our favorite moment of Donald Trump at the debates with Jeb Bush. This is Donald Trump versus Jeb Bush. Now, at this point, most of the Republican primary process had fallen away. I believe this debate was in South Carolina. This was uh, uh, maybe five or six months into the primary process. A lot of the primary, a lot of the people who were running for president had already dropped out. Iowa had happened. And Jeb Bush was sort of the last man standing between Donald Trump and the abyss. Okay, And the capacity of Donald Trump, the superpower of Donald Trump is that he's been a celebrity for 50 years. That is the superpower of Donald Trump and his ability to handle the media and to handle the harshness of the questioning and to handle the establishment and to just kick their asses. Quite literally, what I'm about to show you is Donald Trump kicking Jeb Bush's ass off the stage. So much happens between here and then that it's it's hard to actually remember. It's it's easy to forget these moments, uh, but it's worth a rewatch. This is what we're missing out on tonight, but this is the energy. Watch Donald Trump in 2016 summarily usher off, usher out uh, the Bush family from the Republican Party. Go. This is a tough business oh, to run yeah. for oh, president. I know. You're a tough guy, Jeb. And, and we need to have a leader that is pre- really tough. You're never going to be president of the United States tough, by insulting yeah. your way to well, the Let's presidency. see. I'm at 42 and you're at three. So, Doesn't so matter. far, I'm doing better. Doesn't matter. So far, I'm doing better. You know, you started off over here, Jeb. You're moving over further and further. Pretty soon, you're going to be off the end. Don't like, lose your One at a time. One at a time. It sounds more. Go ahead. So what you got there? It's amazing, right? If you read, if you read the scriptures and you read the Bible, then what you'll realize is that these princelings and these kings. It is a wonderful irony of the way that God put the universe together, where he humbles powerful men and he, he, he brings them low. You know, King Saul was literally struck dumb and had to go live like an animal, eat grass, right? And I believe that there is like a sweet irony to the way that God designed the universe and that he enjoys, our God enjoys when people who come from these privileged, entitled families like the Bushes got brought low, when Megyn Kelly got brought low, when Fox News is now getting humbled and crushed. I believe there's some type of like sweet justice to that, some rightness in the universe, some balance inside of the universe in these moments. And they're special to watch and it's neat to be a part of. And that's our perspective on these things. Of course, no Trump debate segment here would be complete without the greatest moment in any debate that you will watch now into eternity, okay? Nothing will ever top this. Again, this is what we're missing (laughs) by Trump not being on the debate stage. But at least we have these precious moments, these sweet, warm embers that you could just watch again and again and again, again. And in your sleep, you could just say, as you drift off and stare at the stars and the moon, (sighs) you'd be in jail is uh, it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. 
Just <laughs> okay. You got to hear it out from from me. The people that are chosen to come to these debates are re- the regular hoi polloi. Okay, they they they're like if the debate is in Cleveland, they'll go and they'll get like a mix of people from Cleveland. Okay, business owners and bankers and people that you, you know run uh, you know run run a some shop somewhere. They'll they have a small section of partisans, right? That you can bring like ten people to the debate. Those are your people. This is Donald Trump's family. Hillary brings her people. So the fact that when Donald Trump said that, the entire debate hall screamed, "Woo! That's so awesome!" He turned like what should be. What, the reason I'm saying this is that like he turned a debate hall. That should be technically favoring Hillary Clinton. I mean, she was beating him by like 20 points, beating him by like 20 points. They, like he turned the entire room against her. That's how unpopular she was, that witch. And so at least we have those moments. Remember the good times. Remember the good times. Like we have those moments. And so we're thankful for Donald Trump. Donald Trump says sparks will fly about tonight again. Thank you for your support. Thank you, Benny Brigade. Uh, we're going to be out here. We're going to be hustling, grinding. You should watch this show tonight. Uh, we'll be live and we'll bring you both. We'll, br- we'll bring you both and we won't miss a thing. All right. We won't miss a thing. We're faster, quicker and better and, uh, than anyone else out there. And so we're going to we're going to rock and roll tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, why is Joe Biden so unpopular? And we're going to get to some Joe Biden crime stories here in just one second. Well, he's particularly unpopular because he's made your savings worthless. Now, what do you mean by that? Um, If the dollar can just be printed and they can print as many dollars as they need today, then the dollar is worthless. If you can just summon out of thin air uh, your own currency and there's no value associated with it, there's no there's no limiting factor associated with it. This is Keynesian economics. Uh, Neo-Keynesian economics is nightmarish. It's disastrous. It's debt economics. You could never run your household like this. Um, It's going to lead to something terrible, okay? This is why I encourage you, please, take a little bit of your savings and invest in gold, okay? Just as as a guy who does it myself, as a guy who has my little sweet Allegiance Gold with me right here in the studio, so a guy who does it myself, like it is nice to have some security to feel that weight in your hand and have just a little bit of gold. A little bit of silver. That's what I got, okay? Go to my friends at Allegiance Gold. Just diversify a bit. You'll get $5,000 in free silver with a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithbenny.com today. Protectwithbenny.com today. Protect your future against these absolute mongrels who wish to destroy it. You know, if you don't have, if your savings are worth nothing, well, it's very easy to control. If they, like, make all of us poor, then it'll be a lot easier to control us. I think that's part of the calculation here. So the Biden Department of Justice, if you can even call that anymore, admits that there are limitations to open an investigation into the whistleblower bombshell of Hunter Biden's probe and politicization. Oh, my. What are these limitations? So the DOJ now admits that they may not be able to look into the whistleblower claims, you see, because, well, everything else is on fire in this regime. And we're just going to try and push it over the finish line and hope that Donald Trump is in jail. That's it. That's the plan. Every time you think these guys have like a good plan, every time you think that there's like that evil is smart and they could outwit us, um, well, to wit, uh, they are not. They are stupid. And it's amazing to like see how stupid these people actually are. So they have been outmatched uh, by the Republicans in Congress. That is clear. And you should feel a little bit of pride in yourself and your party. Because the Republicans in Congress are telling us, hey, we're getting ready for impeachment here. I I had a kumbaya moment with a number of members of Congress, big names, famous names. You've seen on, on TV last week in Nashville uh, after a Trump, big Trump speech. And I, I brought them all together. and I'm like, you got to tell me everything. Dude, impeachment's happening. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. You should be proud of these Republicans because they've actually put the pressure on the regime and and have broken the regime. The regime is in flames right now. It's a beautiful thing. The inspector general of the Department of Justice, this guy named Horowitz, is straight up saying this. It's so corrupt. We can't even investigate our own corruption. This is what happened in the Soviet Union. This is what happens to all these 
corrupted structures. They become so heavy and so weighted on top. Remember, biblical justice, right? The corruption eventually eats itself. It eventually collapsed. Like the structures cannot withhold the amount of corruption. This is what's happening with the Bidens right now. Pride cometh before destruction, of course, is something that we like to say often on this program. And the inspector general is being like, I don't even know where to start. The, I, these rat, these people are such rats. I don't even know which hole to go down. Watch. All right, our two-tiered system of justice strikes yet again. According to reports, DOJ Inspector General Michael Horowitz now has informed Congress that a, quote, potential jurisdictional issue may prevent him from investigating whistleblower complaints alleging a cover-up in the Hunter Biden criminal probe. So is the DOJ limiting its own inspector general from fully investigating what are serious allegations of preferential treatment for Hunter Biden? Well, Ron Johnson has this to say. Ron Johnson, one of our favorite senators from Wisconsin, saying, oh, wait a second. So it's so corrupt. So you're so corrupt. The guy who's supposed to investigate your corruption can't even investigate your corruption. Got it? Would you see any jurisdictional conflicts for Michael Horowitz? Because I really don't quite get it. No, I would really be interested in knowing what he's claiming. Uh, As I've stated in the past, Sean, federal law enforcement and federal agencies in general have done a great job at insulating themselves from congressional oversight and public scrutiny. I'd even argue from the management of a Republican president. So these folks are the law. They view themselves as above the law. And I've got to give a huge shout out to John Solomon for continuing to piece together these pieces of the puzzle to give us a clear view, uh, you know, through his sources, uh, through FOIA requests, that type of thing. It's great to go back there. Something else we ought to note is, you know, State Parton was singing Shokin's praises in, in June in the summer of 2015. Then Ambassador Pyatt gave a speech where he basically nudged Shokin to start investigating Burisma, and Shokin did. And so it was that aggressive uh, uh, you know, investigation into Burisma that panicked Hunter Biden and then really, I think, uh, caused the turnaround in Joe Biden's uh, attitude toward Shokin and the, the billion dollar loan guarantee. Again, totally responsive to what uh, Hunter's concerns were because Hunter's making millions of dollars being on that board. So they're trying to like drown you in acronyms. They're trying to drown you in procedure. Don't let them do it. I got the dish for you. OK, so. I'm backstage with all these Republican members of Congress. They're all huddled around me. And I'm like, yo, guys, what's actually going to happen? So you got to tell me. You got to tell me. I'm not going to lie to the Benny Brigade. I will never lie to my audience. What's going to happen? You going to impeach this son of a beach? Are you going to? I said beach like Maui, you see, like a burned beach that Joe Biden said was hot ground yesterday. Yes, hot ground. See that? And, oh, and remember, Joe Biden once had a, uh, Joe Biden was cooking a, a, a hungry man microwavable dinner and the uh, brownie caught on fire in his microwave once. So you should also feel sorry for him. He almost lost his cat in his Corvette. He, he, he. The old jack wagon. I said, yeah, I'm not gonna go out and say impeachment, impeachment, impeachment if you're not gonna impeach. Now, there were some like, There were some people who weren't like hardcore in there in this group of congressmen. What I mean by that is like there were there were people that are not like the MAGA Freedom Caucus guys, like very middle of the road Republicans. And those guys looked me in the eyeball and said, nope, we are impeaching. Here's how it's going to happen. As soon as we get back, they're in an August recess right now. Must be awesome. Can you take a recess from your job? Can can we take a recess? Do we just get like months off? I don't know. Congress gets months off. And gets paid for it. I don't get it. So Congress takes August recess. And they are going to come back in September. And Jim Jordan's immediately going to start an impeachment inquiry. That's how it's going to go down. According to what I have been told directly by multiple members of Congress. Jim Jordan's going to start an impeachment inquiry. Jim Jordan is a buttoned up kind of dude. He's a championship wrestler. Uh, He's an athlete. He's a champion. He's somebody who isn't going to mess with you. He has never lied to you. Jim Jordan is one of the very, very good straight arrows. You know that. Great defender of Donald Trump as well. Jim Jordan is going to button up in this impeachment inquiry uh, the articles of impeachment. And they're not sure what those are going to look like just yet. Probably going to be focused on the bribery because bribery is there in Article 2, Section 4, as we talk about all the time. Uh, The bribery is the tip top of what you can impeach a president for. Remember, Article 2, Section 4. Article 2, Section 4. I'm never going to drown you in acronyms or like fancy names or anything like that. It's all 
it's all bogus. It's all it's all meant to distract you. All you need to know is that it's a simple dish. Article two, section four, bribery. So bribery is what we're going to charge Joe Biden with. Jim Jordan's going to button those up, those articles up, and then he's going to send them to the House floor. House floor is going to probably wait until after Christmas to impeach Joe Biden. That's that's what I have been told. That's what I've been told. In case you need uh, our handy little charts, we do our best here at the Benny Brigade to give you the charts, to give you the simple information that you can take to your Thanksgiving dinner table, to your drunk, liberal, childless, short-haired, nose ring, wine aunt with red teeth, and she's going to be there, blackout at Thanksgiving, be like, Donald Trump's got a jail. And you can just show her this chart. And then you can show her Article 2, Section 4. And be like, nope, this is how bribery works. This is a bribery scam from Joe Biden, and Joe Biden deserves to be impeached. So Jim Jordan's going to come over the top with a ton of subpoenas, I was told. He's going to start bringing in the people who were protecting the Bidens. That's how you apply pressure. That's how you put your shoulder to the wheel. Jim Jordan's going to start bringing those people in. I was told that a week ago. Ooh, boy, what, what news dropped this morning? Well, check this out. From Jim Jordan. I'm going to begin subpoenaing top IRS and FBI officials in the Hunter Biden tax probe. We're going to put our shoulder to the wheel. Check this out. But for these whistleblowers, that sweetheart deal would have been even sweeter. They weren't even going to require Hunter Biden plead guilty to anything. This is how this is how bad this was. And what we want to do, Sean, is we want to talk to the folks who were in the meeting. These whistleblowers come forward. They change history, as John Solomon just pointed out. What prompted them to come forward? This meeting, October 7th, 2022. You got David Weiss. You got Gary Shapley, the whistleblower, and four other people in that meeting. We want to talk to those four other people because that's the meeting that Gary Shapley said that was the red line meeting. When I decided there was no way this investigation was going to do the right thing, we had to come forward and talk to Jason Smith, Chairman Smith's uh, team at the at the Ways and Means Committee. And then they came forward and their testimony, unlike the White House's story, unlike the DOJ, their testimony has stood up and they've appeared entirely credible. Let's bring in the whistleblowers. We are going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know, like where we're going as a show here. We are going to make heroes out of these men. They should be on the cover of every magazine. They should be seen as like the beacons of hope inside of our public service. Gary Schlapley should be a name known across America as like a man who stood against the machine, who fought true and endemic corruption. And we are going to lionize Gary Schlapley on this show. Gary Schlapley is a whistleblower. He's the person who blew up this entire scheme we know now from the emails. On Monday, we went through all the lawyers' emails. And we should do that. We should do another show on that because there's so much in there. Hunter Biden's lawyers are such sleazebag rats that they went and they gave all the emails to the New York Times and Politico. And we went line by line. And you could see that it was the whistleblowers who actually blew up all of this deal. We thanked these men. Gary Schlapley saying, yo, 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 wait a second. Uh, David Weiss cannot be the special counsel here. That's what they're arguing now, like because David Weiss is the man behind the machine. Watch. I documented exactly what happened, and it doesn't seem to match what the attorney general or the U.S. attorney are saying today. Shapley provided lawmakers this contemporaneous email he wrote after an October meeting last year. Shapley says Weiss told him the opposite, that Weiss is not the deciding person on whether charges are filed. And David Weiss didn't do anything about it. So David Weiss allowed Merrick Garland to lie again and again and again. And now David Weiss is put as the special counsel. First off, that's illegal. You have to appoint a special counsel outside of the DOJ. David Weiss works for the DOJ right now. I don't know how people aren't making raising this claim. And we will perhaps later. You can't appoint a special counsel from inside of the DOJ. That's the point of a special counsel. Mark Light, who is the lawyer for the whistleblowers, is saying as much. Watch. Uh, my overall reaction with all of this information that's come out from the political and New York Times articles are that Steve, that David Weiss has to go. He cannot be the special counsel in this case. Every day there's new revelations about Mr. Weiss and the way he's handled this case. It's come out now that he first thought there should be no charges in this case. Then he reacted when the whistleblowers came out and came up with this special deal, the two misdemeanors, with no jail time. Um, and then 
And then we hear threats. There, there are documents that show the defense team were threatening to put President Biden on the stand. And to say that's a threat, it really shows that, you know, what is that going to accomplish? The head of the executive branch would be testifying in a trial against uh, the Department of Justice. It means Weiss has to go and a special counsel from outside the, the government, outside the Department of Justice, has to be put in here to handle the case. Ooh, baby. It's going to get hot. It's going to get spicy in Washington, D.C. We often say D.C. in panic. D.C. is literally in panic now. They're legitimately in panic. Now people are starting to look and look back into the histories of the Biden family and ask themselves, wait a second. Why was this guy ripping lines off the peanut gallery inside of Air Force Two? What the hell is Hunter Biden doing on all these Air Force Two trips? Wait a second. Hunter Biden was on this Air Force Two. Why are there no photos? Why are they sneaking Hunter Biden in and out of the plane? You know, if you come home from working late and you see someone sneaking out of your house, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Good thing or bad thing? You see someone like in the dark, like sneaking out of the, the back door. Good thing or bad thing? Not a good thing. Jesse Waters detailing last night, like, Whoa, 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 wait a second. We know that Hunter went to China, but did you know that he went on like dozens of other flights with Joe, that he was essentially like permanently at Joe's side on his official trips and that they went out of their way to hide Hunter Biden, made him travel in the, made him travel with the, uh, with the cargo and get off the plane out of the back. What does that say? Watch. Back in February of 2013, Vice President Biden went to Berlin, Germany. There's Jill with him. Oh, wait, who's that? Oh, that's Hunter. There he is getting in the limo. What was Hunter Biden doing in Germany? Well, Joe was there for the Munich Security Conference. That's the same security conference that took the lead role in the Ukraine war. And at this conference, China was a major issue. Ironically, it was those two countries that ended up paying Hunter Biden. Just months later, Vice President Joe Biden invited his son Hunter back onto Air Force Two for a trip to Asia. First stop, Japan. No sign of Hunter on the tarmac, but somehow there he is in the back of the limo. What's he doing in Japan? We don't know. And the next day, Air Force Two took Joe and Hunter to China. The infamous trip where Joe Biden shook hands with Hunter's Chinese client in the lobby of a Beijing hotel. After that handshake, a $25 million deal materialized between China and the Biden clan. And it doesn't stop there. There's Hunter again, this time in the back of a limo in South Korea the day after his China trip. And there's no footage of him getting off the plane. But somehow there he is in the vice president's motorcade. Oh, interesting. Now, why would they be hiding Hunter? You know, they have been hiding Hunter. You know, Hunter Biden stayed in the White House for two weeks. Oh, yeah, that's that's a bit. We were off last. We were we were out in the field last week filming documentary content. That story broke. Hunter Biden lived at the White House for weeks. Ooh, baby. And then they found bags of cocaine. Not one, not two, but three places around the White House. Joe Blow, what's in the red backpack, Hunter? Such a question. It's interesting. The policy for the Biden family has always been to lean in to the scandals, right? To like, to much like the mafia family, right? You're not, you're not allowed to question. You're not allowed to insult. You're not allowed to come at certain business. Made men, right? Made men in the mafia. This is what Joe Biden has tried as hard as he can with his room temperature IQ to make Hunter Biden. Joe Biden's often bragged that Hunter Biden went with him on business trips. Oh, yeah. This is the PR strategy. Watch. And it didn't take long before Hunter ventured off on his own, using Air Force Two as a connecting leg to the Philippines. And once again, his business partner, Vice President Joe Biden, advertised to Asia that Hunter was ready to do business. And as I speak... My son has just boarded, my grown son has just boarded a plane, an aircraft. He's heading to the Philippines. His name is Hunter Biden. He's chairman of the World Food Program, USA. 
And he's going there out in the field like so many of you did. The Biden family used the World Food Program as a humanitarian cover story. After flying all over Asia on our dime, Hunter hopped back on his business partner's jet, Air Force Two, to hit Italy in 2016. There he is shaking hands with the Italian prime minister. It's funny, Hunter had just been to Italy on a family vacation with his father. There they are. And a year before that, in 2014, Hunter met the owner of Burisma in Italy. (laughs) The Italian job is what they would say here. So interesting. This is what a regime looks like in panic. They have too many fires. They can't control. They can't capture and kill these fires. They can't control now what is happening with Tucker Carlson, the debates, the Trump interview. They, they're losing control. And that is something you must have inside of an oligarchy or a tyrannical fascistic state, which is what they wish to bring to America. But we are going to break them of that. And joining us in just a moment is going to be Chadwick Moore, the official Tucker Carlson biographer. And he's going to preview what we're going to get tonight with Tucker and Trump. You want to make sure that you are connected when you are watching our program. We're going to have wall-to-wall programming for you tonight. You want to make sure that you have reliable cell phone service. That's why we use Patriot Mobile. Again, we were on the road all last week. We went to very rural places. We went to the border. We went to Yuma. We were practically standing in Mexico on like an Indian reservation, like with the border wall. It's wild. You can't get more desolate. You can't get more out there. But here we are with our cell phones working, able to upload and able to do our jobs. That's because Patriot Mobile. Peter Mobile takes care of us. You get the same coverage that you're already accustomed to. Great coverage in your area, minus the leftist propaganda. Please do not support woke companies. Support our friends at Patriot Mobile. Get free activation today with the off code Benny. PatriotMobile.com slash Benny. PatriotMobile.com slash Benny. Stay connected with us. That's how you fight the commies. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody who's uh, been doing an incredible job fighting commies, somebody who's uh, like was one of my favorite guests when Tucker Carlson was still on Fox and somebody who always brings a little bit of a a pep in his step, not the Hunter Biden kind, okay? Not the Hunter Biden kind, but just just like high on life and a happy warrior is my friend joining the show, Chadwick Moore, the official Tucker biographer. Chadwick, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, Benny, how's it going? Great to be with you. <laughs> Chad, okay, so our, first off, you are kind of the Chad meme. You have a beard. <laughs> you have a beard. First name's Chad. So uh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. you really, thank you. I, that's, really... that's the greatest compliment I could possibly get, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Two, uh, the greatest Chad thing to possibly do would be to be the official Tucker Carlson biographer. You have a brand new book out. I think we should just pop it up on screen. Everyone needs to go get it immediately. Um, and perhaps given your incredible access that you've gotten to Tucker, you could like preview for us what we're going to see tonight with the Tucker Trump interview. What should we expect? Well, you know, uh, it's funny because, you know, Tucker was never like a throne kisser when it came to Trump. And even some people who were still on Fox very much were that you either, you know, either passionately hated President Trump or you would just do anything to, to kiss his rump and get on his good side. Tucker was always someone who very much, uh, I think, was interested in Trumpism and the sort of populist approach and what Trump stood for without necessarily making it all about the man. So I think that sort of makes him, you know, a good place for this interview tonight. Uh, you know, I think and hope that he'll ask difficult questions as Trump uh, would have gotten in a debate and maybe we'll get in debate in future. But also, you know, I think Trump probably feels like he's going to get more of a fair shake here than on that other network where, I mean, it seems pretty clear that if, if had he appeared, uh, it would just be eight, nine other people taking shots at him all night trying to bring down his popularity and raise their own. I mean, I can't really imagine what the point otherwise would be to have him in that debate. Yes. And many people have been asking this. uh, Is it the greatest revenge arc in American history? Because I have a feeling that Tucker Carlson, who has landed, I mean, Devin Archer, any like everyone, anyone would have taken that interview. And that is that is the most coveted interview, uh, perhaps in the media landscape for, you know, a matter of weeks this summer. Tucker Carlson gets it right. Heads of state rappers. It's almost like Tucker is a hotter commodity after Fox News. Do you agree? Yeah, it's amazing. And this and this really dovetails also with with the with the debate tonight and that Tucker has really become 
uh, since his show was taken off the air, figurehead for independent media eclipsing mainstream Mm. media. Mm. And this is no more clear than it seems that independent media is playing the predominant role already in this election cycle, particularly in the primary. I mean, uh, Mm. Ron DeSantis even announced his candidacy on Twitter. That really annoyed Fox News. They wanted that. Also, Vivek Ramaswamy and RFK Jr. both announced their candidacy on Tucker's show. Tucker was always his, I think, part of his success for the show. There are many reasons, but one of them was he was this bridge between old media and new media. He brought the Internet to television and television to the Internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, since they kicked him off, a lot of people who never would have been on cable or cared about cable or who were only there for Tucker have now left. And we're seeing now that that independent media is taking uh, the lead on everything. Mainstream media is playing catch up. And in some cases, and with one network, they can't even report on what Tucker is doing and the news he's breaking, like that Devin Archer interview. That, that's fascinating. <laughs> what a great point, Chadwick. Okay, so this is my question to you is like, has Fox News even no- mentioned that Donald Trump, don't they have an obligation to their audience to note that Donald Trump is speaking with Tucker tonight? I don't think they've even mentioned that. Well, you would think so. There is a source inside Fox, and I'm telling you this for the first time, uh, just told me it still works there, that uh, they are totally banned from even all shows are banned from even acknowledging that Trump will appear on this show. Whatever happens on the show, if Trump breaks news, they can't mention it. There's been a policy in place since Tucker's taken off the air that you can't say his name on air. Uh, and, you know, he's like Voldemort. He's like that. He who shall not be named. And um, and sp- explicitly the everyone at Fox is told they cannot mention this or what happens on it. I mean, that's very I mean, there are a lot of really good people at Fox. I used to be on the network a lot. Uh, I'm not ta- I don't I'm not talking about the executives, but, you know, there's a lot of people there who consider themselves real journalists. They're very good people. They take their work seriously. And this is most frustrating to them. They can't report on the news uh, all because of this vendetta that the network has against its former top host. Could could you please peel back the onion layer as to what happened with Trump and Tucker? There is so much fake news out there, like legitimate fake news. People essentially manufacturing narratives to help themselves out and using this. Uh, can you can you set the record straight, please? Oh, absolutely. So I was um, I think you're probably mostly referring to these text messages, these private text messages that were made public as part of discovery in the Dominion uh, lawsuit in which Tucker was saying things like I hate him passionately and referring to Trump. Uh, and saying other things, you know, he drives me crazy. I don't remember what else he was saying. Um, I, as it would happen, I was physically with Tucker working on this book when those text messages were made public. So I was getting like the real time reaction, uh, you know, his producer saying, hey, look at this, you know, showing him the news story. And of course, I asked Tucker extensively about his thoughts on Trump, about the text messages, but basically every word of it into the book. because I thought it was so interesting. And I mean, Tucker's just so fascinating anyway. But um, my, my initial so that was definitely and still to this day is being used as kind of to drive a wedge between Trump and his supporters, uh, you know, saying like, look, and also paint Tucker as some sort of fraud and, and, and whatever. Uh, now that I know Tucker so well, you know, over a year and a half, I worked on this book and spent time with him. Uh, you know, he's a very, very uh, impulsive and passionate guy. And even before I got to talk to him about this stuff, when when I was seeing these things, I just thought, well, that's like no different than something I would text a friend of mine when Trump does something that frustrates me, even though I'm you know, not ashamed to say I very much support the man. But, uh, you know, I think that was it was like blowing off steam moment. I mean, if people mm-hmm. publish every text message we sent, you know, what could you get out of that? So that's not even really trying to diminish it. I think that's just totally honest, especially when you know the sort of person Tucker is. And in the book, I got him talking you know, extensively about Trump. Uh, he he is not afraid to say where he thinks Trump fails as both a leader and where he failed as president and also where he shines and what his biggest strengths are and what he likes most about him. Uh, so I think it's it's good he has a balanced approach to President Trump and doesn't just want to uh, be a sycophant to him. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think that creates a far more interesting interview environment, right? People are most likely going to I mean, I cannot imagine somebody who would prefer to watch the GOP debate tonight, a Trumpless GOP debate right now, uh, would prefer to watch that programming over a Tucker Trump interview. Yeah. And, you know, to, 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 for Trump to further troll Fox News, he's now arranged for his arraignment to be tomorrow in Georgia. So just when Fox was counting on getting the headlines from the debate, well, all the news is going to be focused on Fulton County and nobody's going to care, especially without <laughs> Trump there. Um, I do think that probably the real winners in the debate if, in this situation, if there are any, are probably 
all the other candidates except for Chris Christie, who now can actually maybe instead of focus on uh, attacking Trump, they can try to deliver their vision for America and sell whatever voters are watching on their story. They won't be so distracted by by Trump in the room. Uh, but I'm not sure if we're going to be seeing many sound bites tomorrow. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting. But I'm not sure what, what's going to happen that's really going to get people um, entertained and amused and, and, and provoke thought and discussion. So there's one soundbite that we play on the show often, which is Tucker Carlson uh, uh, elucidating out of Mike Pence this commentary that he doesn't care about what's happening in America. It's not my concern, right? Has become almost a bumper sticker slogan and has effectively ended Mike Pence's career, right? He can't get over 2% in the polls now. Um, and many people, for many people, has crystallized what they already thought of Mike Pence. But uh, I suppose you would have an interesting perspective on this. Tucker Carlson would never have been able to have that moment were he still with Fox. I guess uh, undergirding this idea that he's more powerful now uh, and more relevant now. Would you agree? It's, it certainly seems that way. I mean, he completely destroyed Mike Pence's political career. And thank goodness we all got to see that. I mean, the man said he doesn't care about yes. American suffering twice. Yes. Twice he said it. Yes. I don't, not my concern. Not my concern. He reiterated it. I, my jaw was on the floor when I saw that, but way to get a politician off their toes and I think be honest about who they really are. But I mean, funny enough, I, I, I asked Tucker about Mike Pence when we were writing the book. Tucker's known Pence for many years. He was a regular mm -hmm. on Crossfire back in Tucker's CNN days. Mm -hmm. And Tucker's response that we put in the book was something like, he's the creepiest person I've ever met. And then he goes into how there's just absolutely nothing sincere about this man. Maybe that was his sincere moment. But we would never have known that. And, and, and not even just to bully Mike Pence, but the fact that that's probably exactly how so many people in our leading our leadership class, both in media and in Washington, feel completely. Of course, that's how they feel, and so, including the president himself. Uh, and now we have one of them who's very prominent uh, just <laughs> outright telling us. I mean, I suppose there is so much value in seeing who people truly are. When someone tells you who they are, believe them, right? As the old adage goes. Right, that's true. Uh, Chadwick, final question for you. Um, what does this moment mean? Uh, you, you've, t you've, taken, you've, you've taken the time, and as you said, put in two years of work on this particular moment. And you happen to be one of, these, one of those people who are just really in the right spot at the right time. And I don't think you were expecting Tucker Carlson to part ways with Fox News uh, in the midst of you previewing your book here. Um, two part question. Why did that happen? Like, why did that happen? And then two, what, what is the media ecosystem going to look like going forward with what Tucker is about to build? So, yeah, I mean, weirdly, I was I was a guest on his final episode on April 21st, which, of course, we mm. didn't know was going to be the, the final episode of the show. Mm. And I think that it's, uh, you know, specifically going forward, uh, Tucker is, you know, they're, they're raising money to start um, uh, their own media company, probably a subscriber-based service. Uh, Justin Wells, his executive producer, says that people can count on seeing a lot more Tucker than they ever saw on Fox News when when they, that's finally allowed to happen. But of course, Tucker's still an employee of Fox News. He's still getting a paycheck every week. He's still mm -hmm. under contract. That expires uh, December 2024, conveniently right after the next presidential election. Which brings me to your other question, why was he taken off the air and what happened? I mean, it's it's inarguable, in my opinion, at this point, that it was ideological. Uh, mm -hmm. And of course, it happened six days after the Dominion suit. Tucker was, of course, um, not pushing those theories. In fact, the only reason why Tucker's private messages were subpoenaed was because Dominion wanted to argue that reasonable people like Tucker Carlson knew that the claims that the voting machines are rigged were BS. So, mm -hmm. th I mean, that's, you know, he wasn't one of these people pushing it. Other people at Fox were, they still have jobs. Um, it was purely ideological, 100%. Uh, Fox Brass does not like uh, Donald Trump. Um, Tucker Carlson is, as, as one liberal called him, uh, that I quote my book, the high priest of Trumpism, which I think they meant as an insult, but I, I don't think that's an insult. Um, he, but he was that voice. He was that perspective in mainstream media, that counter-narrative populist perspective in mainstream media, which was to say, uh, its place in the official approved national discourse. So now that he's on off of that and is never going back to mainstream media, you know, I think that's why his removal from Fox felt like a death for so many people, because that perspective mm -hmm. is is no longer in a place that our leaders are paying attention to. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like going forward? I mean, we're, we're seeing this, uh, as I would mentioned, mainstream media becoming subservient to 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 independent media. But, you know, uh, Fox is obviously not going to go lightly. Any mainstream media wouldn't. And our leaders 
are still in this place where they truly care what mainstream media and the corporations think. You know, now someone like Tucker can be easily ignored, can be more easily ignored by the leadership class, even though that's where the people are tuning in. They're tuning into shows like yours. They're not tuning into CNN and other places. So um, it's, you know, it's, it's going to take a, a massive cultural shift, but it truly feels like we're on the cusp of something really big right now in this country. And, and this, you know, the headlines of the last few months, um, there's some sort of big sea change happening that I, I don't you know, know the exact outlines of, but I think a lot of people feel it. Uh, per, that sounds like your next book. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Thanks I mean, for the idea. I've been trying to think what I might do. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I will say I will say this not to not to filibuster here, but you just brought up such a fascinating point. Uh, Republican senators still crawl all over themselves and debase themselves to go on meet the press. Oh, yeah. They just they denigrate and humiliate themselves. Ball gag in mouth, gimp suit on, crawling on all fours, walking to to ginger tuck Chuck Todd to stroke his goatee. Am I wrong? It's so true. Well, it's it's the prestige economy. That's all it is. It's the prestige, and and this is why these half these people get into politics. You know, it's 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 they are extremely callow people with very low self-esteem who need to be fed attention all the time and so of course they want to be on meet the press even if five people watch rather than going on some twitter show that has 200 million people watching because it's prestige it's it's the it's validation from this corporate entity that you're worthy to be on here and you've got you know you've got the makeup girl and you've got the cameras and you're treated like a princess and maybe you get to eat snacks in the green room so that's what it is i mean it's it's personality dependent on these people it has nothing to do with actually caring you know about the voters or what real americans think it's completely ego driven yeah yeah it is wild you and i should talk offline i got some interesting stories about republican senators and like oh, totally. like it, it is wild to see the way that they treat like shows like ours and audiences like ours that are real and like active in their people and they they don't get it i think it'll take a generational shift quite frankly and we all see what's happening with the age of members of congress it's it's never been older and I think that's the problem. It, the old, the 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 age makes it lag, and so the younger the younger members of Congress they totally get it, right? And they're never invited on Meet the Press anyway. But like they get it, but it's this class that are like that is like sticking around. That's keeping they keep the system alive. That's what that's what I can't figure out. They keep the system alive by feeding it, right? And and they should they would be wise to let you write a book on them. Come on our show. Go on a Twitter show, as you say, <laughs> where the people actually are. Chadwick Moore, where can people find your book? Everywhere, I assume. Yeah, you can buy it every, anywhere you get your books. You can go to tuckerthebook.com if you want links to all those retailers. You can also order direct from the publisher there if you want. Uh, so tuckerthebook.com, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Walmart, Amazon, Sam's Club, anywhere you uh, get your books. And speaking of Twitter, uh, uh, sorry, not to dead name Twitter, X. Uh, uh, Ch follow Chadwick. Here's his profile. There's his uh, 113,000 people. Can't be wrong, ladies and gentlemen. You got to follow Chadwick. He produces some uh, straight fire also on his tw on his uh, X account, Twitter account. So thank you, Chadwick, so much. Godspeed. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. Great to be with you. All right, baby. We're out here. We're going to be here tonight. We're going to be bringing you the flames tonight. We are doing it. And then tomorrow, tomorrow, the Fulton County Jail. Donald Trump has confirmed that tomorrow's the day. Earlier in the week, we were like, whoa, it's going to be Friday. It's going to be maybe Saturday. Who knows? You know, you know, Donald Trump, kudos. Donald Trump has confirmed Thursday is the day that he will be going in. Expect us to have a T-shirt up with Donald Trump's mugshot on it. Not guilty, y'all got to feel me. You're going to turn this man, you're going to turn this man into Tupac, as Chris Rock famously said. You're going to arrest Trump? He's going to sell more records. You ready for that? Donald Trump saying as much yesterday. He will be turning himself in. What you going to do? You're going to raise his poll numbers? Donald Trump also showing you exactly how, he, uh, how he's managing all of this. Had a hysterical uh, Truth Social post yesterday. Uh, the failed district attorney of Fulton County insisted on a $200,000 bond for me. I assume, therefore, that she thought I was a flight risk. Fly far, far away. Fly far, far away. Maybe Russia. Russia, Russia. Share a gold-domed suite with Vladimir. Never to be seen or heard from again. 
Would I be able to take my very understated airplane with golden Trump affixed to it for all to see? Probably not. I'd be much better off flying commercial. I'm sure nobody would recognize me. This is Donald Trump's post on Truth Social. Donald Trump taking it in uh, stride. In stride, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. There it is. So we're going to as well. As Rush Limbaugh used to always say, now is not the time to panic. I'll tell you when to panic. Now is not the time to panic. Who are the ones who knock? We are the ones who knock. As Chadwick just said, and what a, no what a compliment to all of us. As Chadwick just said, it's audiences like ours where the power actually is. It's the brigaders. We're the ones. It's the salty army. We're the ones where the power actually resides in because we are real. We are growing at a shocking pace, actually. It's amazing. You are part of the fastest growing independent media audience uh, streaming on the internet. And I, I have to say streaming because Tucker Carlson is now the most, is now the official most followed independent voice uh, on the internet. And uh, I don't think we'll ever catch Tucker. I'm, I'm not sure I ever want to, but we're going to do something, you know, he's 20 years older than me. So we're going to build something a little different. We're going to build something for you. And here's Chadwick Moore on our show being like, this is the future. You're part of the future. You're just here early. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be biblical. And because it's biblical, <laughs> we're going to read our verse of the day. From John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. It's worth stating, and you should say it every morning in the mirror, that God is real and that Christ is king. Amen. That's it. That's all you need. Remember Christ's prayer, the Lord's prayer. It's like short. It's like 20 words long. It's a short, it's a short prayer. You just need simple truth. God's got you. God's got you. The sparrow falls from the sky. The flowers on the ground, not Solomon in all of his splendor, were robed like these flowers that you crush under your feet. A sparrow cannot fall from the sky without God's notice. Come on. Man, God cares about you. And he cares about this nation. And if we, if he didn't care about this nation, oh, baby, you'd know it. We'd be done. We're not done. God's not done with us yet. So remember that. Remember your Savior. Remember Christ. Have that confidence. Stand upright. Stand upright and march forward, Christian soldier. Be upstanding. Salt and light, baby. We'll see you here later today. It's your boy, Benny. See ya.